Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, January 16th, 2022. Coming to us live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Another stupendous show coming up for you tonight. Andrew Gross of Newsday will join us. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is the illustrious, the grand, the magnificent, all lies, Christian Arnold. How <laughs> are you? wondering where that How was going. That was all too nice. <laughs> There was the punchline, as always. How we doing, pal? I'm good, Shawnee. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing all right, man. I'm doing all right. Ready to talk some hockey now that some's been played by the New York Islanders, <laughs> for better or worse. A nice but change of pace. Yes, it's nice that they're back. But before we get into that, I want to remind everybody that we are happy to be presented by R.J. Daniels American Barn Grill, located at 279A Sunrise Highway in Rockville Center. It is the best place to catch the aisles when you can't be at the game. Head down for great food and great drink specials with plenty of HDTVs and in-game sound. And also happy to be sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. And of course, UBS Arena at Belmont. They're an official partner of the New York Islanders. Make sure you check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for all their great offerings and happen to be sponsored by Thai Technology, a voice over IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you're tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optima, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. And of course, happy to be sponsored by Oyster Bay Brewing Company, creator of the Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations at the Islanders' brand new home in UBS Arena and even more distributors across the country from Co to coast you can also visit the tap room at 36 audrey avenue in oyster bay seven days a week to sample all their fantastic beverages and of course a reminder to get your questions in for questions brewing so mr arnold the islanders have finally returned to action with a pair of games one against the devils one against the capitals one win one loss one went well one did not what do you say CA. Well, I wouldn't say one <laughs> went well and one didn't. I would say both didn't go well, and the Islanders managed to get a point against a, a lesser team in the New Jersey Devils. Well, two, two, two points. Two points, sorry. Two points, yeah. Um, Pretty well, yeah. Two points against a lesser team in the New Jersey Devils, which it took heroics for Matthew Barzal to even win that game in the first place. So I, I don't know if I would say that that was a great game that was played either. In fact, when you look at the numbers and, and the number of giveaways and the number of shots, it was an almost identical game, but the, uh, the, the opponent was much different. I mean, you know, you're talking about the Washington Capitals with Alexander Ovechkin, a very you know, high-flying, high high-powered offensive team, and the New Jersey Devils, which, is, which are, or, you know, are sputtering here in, the, in you know, I guess you could almost say the second half of the season. So I, not, not, you know, not a terrible start to, to <laughs> no. you know, them being back into the game and back playing again, mm-hmm. but certainly not anywhere not. near where they needed to be at all. Yeah, well, they kind of need to be at, at a eight or above, <laughs> I think, from, much. from here on out for the rest of the season. So, again, I guess the question comes back to, uh, you know, did the break help them? Did the break hurt them? 
And they get the win against the Devils again, against a team that they ha- literally have to beat <laughs> yeah. uh, if they want to get anywhere close to the, the playoff positions anymore. But, but I, you know, I tweeted before the game on, on, on yesterday against the Capitals saying, hey, it's great that you beat the Devils, but you got to beat the Caps too. Teams like the Caps anyway because the, the teams like this are going to be littered throughout the schedule. You know how many points and how many games they are behind all these teams ahead yeah. of them particularly the one they're really f- focusing on, which is the Boston Bruins, and you're going to have to be able to beat these top teams. So, yeah, it's true. It's nice that they got two points against the Devils, even if it wasn't the, the prettiest. But, again, two points, regulation win, good way to come back from the break if you're looking at the results. But yesterday, not as good. I mean, look, the doors weren't blown off them. It was a close game scoreboard-wise. It was a one nothing game all the way through. They gave up the empty netter later on. Right. But you look at the chances, you look at the shots that they didn't get on net, and obviously there's still a lot to be desired. And the fact that there isn't a lot of time for them to kind of work out these kinks, they got to just start winning games. So it kind of leaves you with a little bit maybe of a a melancholy feeling coming out of these two games this week because, yeah, they got to win, but, you know... 500 hockey isn't going to do it for them. They need to get into more games. That'll start tomorrow. They have an opportunity against the Flyers with back-to-backs. Right. They're not doing too well either. And it's an opportunity for them to get back up to 500. But, yeah, the bottom line is things got to get better really quick. Otherwise, you know, the eulogy for the season may come sooner than we all like. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's no secret that the Islanders are, and the, the very least if they're not, they need to be in desperation mode at this point. There's no two ways about it. The mm-hmm. Islanders need to win hockey games any way they can. And, yes, I, you know, again, they got the one against the devil, but Devils, but you need to win a game against the Washington Capitals. You need to win games against good teams. The Philadelphia Flyers, we've talked about in the past, the Flyers, for whatever reason, have always traditionally give the Islanders fits regardless of the standings. More or less, yeah. You look at two games like they played last week against the Capitals and the Devils, and, you know, if that pattern stays consistent, you have two games against the Philadelphia Flyers, one one on Long Island and one in Philadelphia. And I'm very curious to see how those two games play out, considering Philadelphia probably is in desperation mode too because their season is essentially, you know, kind of being written off already as well. And they're, they're ahead of the Islanders in the standings. They have 32, 33 points in 37 games played, so they have seven games on the Islanders, so the Islanders have seven games in hand on the Flyers. But still, um, you know, that's a game you need to win. You look at that, and that has to be like another New Jersey Devils game. You know, that's that's a team yeah. you got to leapfrog to try and get up there towards getting close to Boston. No, they got to take four out of four here yeah. against the Flyers. It's a home-and-home, back-to-back, so neither one, neither team has an excuse. They're both in the same situation, Yeah, right? So that's, that's four points the Islanders got to take. The Flyers are a team that they're going to have to be well past. If they want to get into a, a into a playoff spot, so I mean these, these are just four points that they should they have to collect. You look a little bit further down. You got the Coyotes, I believe, on Friday. So I mean, again, another game you need to win. So they have a chance to you know put some points together, put yeah. a little bit of a streak together. Maybe maybe you hope that yesterday is just a hiccup. You can't expect them to win every game in a row, <laughs> but you know you only get a two game sample size this past week. They're just getting back, and it, it'd be a little more encouraging if they had been able to beat a team like the Capitals at home yesterday with the majority of their roster back. Yeah, that would have been a big win. You know, granted, you know, you don't have Barry Trotz behind the bench still. I mean, that's really about it. And Ryan Pulak, I think, is the only one still out. And you had Ross Johnson, who was out because he's been he's been suspended for three games. So, I mean, their lineup is there. They, you know, they have the the talent level anyway to, to at least compete. And, and, you know, we've seen this team do well in the past, but right now mm-hmm. they, they have to get out of their own way. And we've seen it. We're, we saw it against the, the Capitals in that game where 
it almost seemed like some of them were reverting back to some of the old ways that have kind of gotten the Islanders into trouble in the past. Yeah, I mean, there was ups and downs. There were some spots where they looked good. There were... There were some positives to take out of it. I, I was encouraged by the play of Oliver Walsham and Kiefer Bellows still, which is a good right. sign, which is a good thing. If you're just looking for silver linings to take out of a game like that, I thought they both uh, they both made some really good plays. It almost led to goals. You had a crossbar, I think, by Bellows. You had another shot off the post. Uh, so they had a couple of chances that could have gone in. But again... You know, you can't be harping on or, or depending on two or three chances to get you by in a right. game. You know, this is something that's going to have to, you know, get a little more consistent as far as the offensive chances go. And and their power play looked a little weaker as of late than it had previously. We, we have yeah. been talking about how much better it's looked lately. I believe one of the power plays, they had a couple of decent chances, but it just didn't go their way. But then the other one or two that they had, I forget the, the total good. that they had. No, I mean, they ended good. up backing up in their own zone. They, they, it, was, it was some bad news there. So, you know, hopefully that is the more the uh, the rare instance as far as the power play goes because it has looked a lot better over a consistent stretch of time here where mm-hmm. it looks like they might have figured something out. So hopefully they get back on it with that. But, yeah, just, you know, maybe chalk it up to an afternoon game, whatever it is. I know a lot of Islander fans aren't crazy about the, the afternoon starts, but uh, it's a game that, uh, you know, you hope that they could have gotten. They didn't. But big picture, Christian, I think this is the more important thing. The record now stands at 11-13-6. There's still two games below NHL 500 with 30 games played. So 52 left on the docket here. Still a lot of points left on the board. But the Boston Bruins keep winning. That's a problem. (laughs) They are now 18 points behind Boston. I think they they have five games in hand on them now, which is a nice 10 points. But you're still eight behind even if you make them up. So that has to happen sooner than later. And, And certainly not looking to cast a dark shadow over the over the hopes and dreams of the season here. We're just trying to keep it as real as possible that their work is cut out for them. It's not impossible. 52 games is still 104 points on the board. So, but they got to get the majority of them. Yeah. <laughs> if they want to get no... it. Especially if Pittsburgh and Boston keeps winning because they're both playing really well. There's you know, no... Pittsburgh's not too far off of a 10-game winning streak. Right. Boston playing really well lately. Tuka Rask is back. That's going to help them out. So, it's going to be tough. Yeah, there's no, there's, as been the case really since end of November, beginning of December, there's not a lot of wiggle room for this team uh, when it comes to their playoff chance and their playoff hopes. There, There's not a lot of games where we can say, all right, there's still plenty of hockey to play. Well, slowly ticking away, and, and things are, are getting more and more dire as, as the season progresses. And right yeah. now, the only thing that I think has the Islanders in a little bit of an advantage is the fact that they have had so few games in the last month or so, mm-hmm. and they have so many games to make up that, you know, they, they, I still think they've played the least amount of games yeah. in the league. Mm-hmm. So that somewhat bodes well for them. As you said, there are 10 points to be made up in that, in that five in the five games that they have in hand over the Bruins, but the Islanders got to win those five games. Yeah. Um, and all of that being said, you look at the calendar going forward, those are winnable games. Again, when you look at the two games against the Flyers, that's the team you need to beat. If they can't beat the Flyers and they can't pick up four points in these next two games, that's a real problem. Yep. Arizona is a team you should smack around. If you can't pick up two points against the, the Coyotes, that's a problem. At home? At home, that's right. a problem. Toronto is going to be an interesting one because that's going to be a tough game for the Islanders. And then you know you look past this week, and they have the Flyers again. So they see the Flyers three times in the span of seven, eight, eight days. I think you got to take eight out of the next ten points. If we're just looking at it in that little cluster of three games against Philly, a game against Arizona, yeah. and a game against Toronto, 
I mean, you got to take at least eight there because those are three winnable games. Toronto's a winnable game, too. I mean, we all know where they are in the standings, but the Islanders-Toronto is kind of a different animal, especially right. especially when it's a home court advantage for the Islanders. So, you know, that's that's obviously a game that the Islanders are going to come out for, the fans are going to come out for, and that's going to be, you know, a, a lot of fun to watch as well. But, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the reality of things. They really have to go on a run. Mm. And I think the most important thing for this team now is that they just need to play. Like, no more of these 10, 11-day breaks. Hopefully, right. they're, they're past the COVID protocol stuff. Hopefully, they don't run into any other teams that are on their schedule that cause them to miss some games. Right. Because not only do they just need to try to get into some consistency here and try to, you know, really rally and put some points together, but the more games I would say now, we've kind of, I don't know, hinted towards this in, in past shows, but, I mean, how many more games can the Islanders really have postponed where... The league finally says, look, you're not getting 82 anymore. Right. And they need all 82. And I mean, yes, you can know do what points the calen- percentage, but... And we still know what the calendar is for February. No. And it's, it's uh, January 16th. And we're- the truth is, we're operating under an assumption they're going to fill games. We don't even know that for sure. Well, they're not planning. I don't think the league is planning to be like, all right, I guess we're just not doing anything for three weeks. I mean, the- hasn't mum been the word? I mean, has there been any sort of inkling? Not that I'm, I'm, I'm paying attention to what Bill Daly and Gary Bettman are saying every day, right. but... I feel like I haven't seen anything that's indicated that the, they're definitely going to fill games or a lot of games or what have you during that stretch. It would it would be silly if they didn't. Right. But again, if every building in the league has Disney on ice <laughs> going on, <laughs> filling those days because those days get filled right. well in advance. You got you know bands coming through, you got concerts and stuff like that. So you know maybe they can try to move some of it. But if those nights are filled, then maybe they don't get as many games into that stretch as we we hope. Yeah, it's it's a great question that. As you said, it's everything's been very quiet and very much. Like, but again, it wouldn't surprise me for the league to be like, you know, January twenty ninth. They're like, all right, we're gonna have like three weeks of sk- games coming up here, and here's right. the schedule. So right. everything changes on on such a, a snap of a finger, on such a you know, there's such a quick quick change with this league and with everything going on. The bright side is, if you look at what's been going on in the world, you're starting to see the COVID numbers drop. So perhaps. Mm-hmm. We're seeing the other side of of the surge with with the Omicron variant, and that way we're seeing more games that are actually being played, and it goes back to somewhere where things were more normal in October and November Mm -hmm. where games were being played before all this, you know, all the craziness started late November, early December, and obviously when the Islanders were coming off those the end of that 13-game road trip and coming back to to, to UBS Arena and all that. So Mm -hmm. it, it seems like hopefully we're past that. We won't be talking about too many of these rescheduled games, although... You know, still the other week when Philadelphia had a game postponed, and then this and that. You know, so like there's mm-hmm. still so much chaos with everything yeah. that's been going on. Mm-hmm. But we'll see what happens. It'll it'll be it's a very interesting time. And and like I said, yes. I think the Islanders the one the one benefit the Islanders have is they have all those games in hand, and that at least the very least gives them a bit more of a fighting chance than if they were what twenty eight points in the standings and they you know they were at, at pace with everyone else in the league. So there's there's something to be said for that. Just get the games in. Get the games in. Yeah. Get them played. Let's yeah. let's see some hockey. Everybody was was dying to get into that arena. They had to wait as long as they did. Now you got all these home games coming up. Get a little more acclimated. Start to feel a little more like home. Hopefully mm-hmm. you see some wins. And and look, it'd be nice if at the very least this team can stay competitive in the in the months ahead. I mean, nobody wants to close the book on a season when you you're barely through January, right? So you, you, they got to string some wins together right now, <laughs> starting tomorrow. <laughs> And and hopefully it gives everybody a reason to come to the games to keep watching and you know hopefully we're not talking about the the draft in the summer before the season's over you know I mean unfortunately we're just kind of in that that limbo now where it's do or die and 
you know, we may have, have to uh, pivot the conversation yeah, right. <laughs> sooner than we might like if, <laughs> if they don't get things together. I mean, and look, just again, looking at it through a realistic lens, it's, this is still a team who, who is capable of it. Like, I don't think any of us are going to fall off our chairs and say, oh my God, they won five in a row. Where did that come from? Like, this team can do it. Even if they're not playing as well as they we expected coming into this season. Mm -hmm. But we've seen hints of it. We've seen them, you know, before this most recent break, they were starting to play better. They were starting to string wins together. So it wouldn't be out of line. It wouldn't be out of, out of the question. But it's just they really have to tighten things up. And the inconsistency that we've seen out of this team so far is, is kind of what, what keeps having us saying, well, we're not really sure where this is going to go. Yeah, it's it's a bizarre scenario. And, um, you know, we were talking about it the other day. It, it is it is such a it, the Islanders are such a mystery this year because how much of it is COVID? How much of it is the actuality of the front office not doing enough to put a good team on the ice this season? I mean, it's going to be really easy to sort of just throw throw everything and say, "Oh, it's COVID. It was the road trip. It was mm. this and that." I, I look forward to getting to break all this down at the end and seeing where, where all the mm -hmm. chips land. Right. But, but right now I think, I, I think everything's lining up to be COVID. It's the road trip when maybe, oh, there, absolutely. Was, maybe and, there was, that's already how I look at it in my head. But I, I don't know if that's a fair representation of what actually happened this season. I don't know if, right. the, if, if COVID never happens, if the 13 game road trip is split up and you know, or they don't start, they don't start the year on a 13 game road trip. Let's say UBS is done or they play at NASA Coliseum. You know, right. to, instead of going right into UBS. Oh, it's just a normal 82-game right. season. They start a couple games on the road, a couple games at home, whatever it is. It's a balanced season. Yeah. We don't know. And, and you know, it, the funny the thing is, things weren't that bad at the end of that road trip. They were a game under 500. Right. Which was fine. It, were, it was 13 were games. It was rough, but they were coming back on somewhat of like a decent. Like they were, it wasn't ideal, but it, they were coming back in a scenario where in the they middle could of the trip, out. In the middle of the trip, they were 5-2-2. Two and yeah. two. They were, a, they were a couple games off above 500. It almost looked like it was going to be a good trip. Right. Right? And then they, they fell Spiral back again. a little bit, yeah. And, but they still ended the trip a game under 500, which I think, we've said this before, after a 13-game road trip to start the season, you take it, right? Yeah. But then the unexpected disaster, the COVID comes, and that's, right. and that's what kind of spiraled things out a little more. And no, we're never going to know what would have happened if it, was, if it was a normal season to start. We, we don't know. Would Kyle Palmieri still have one goal? Would, you know, <laughs> we, don't, we, don't, we don't know. But doesn't Sean matter. almost have broken his headphones almost right did. there. But we got a break for Andrew Gross. He's coming on in just a little bit. All right. So want to thank you all for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. And, of course, your favorite podcast providers are going to take a quick break. When we come back, Andrew Gross of Newsday will join us. It's a new Islander season, and you've got a great spot to catch all the action. RJ Daniels American Barn Grill in Rockville Center. Inside the bar or the heated outdoor patio, you won't miss any of the excitement on their wall-to-wall -wall big screen TVs and in-game sound. Enjoy it all with delicious food, drinks, and plenty of specials in a lively atmosphere staffed by the friendliest folks around. RJ Daniels is in the heart of Rockville Center at 279A Sunrise Highway, just steps from the train station. So come on down. Watch the boys in blue and orange continue their quest for Lord Stanley with your fellow Islander diehards. And when the game's not on, stop by for a great meal and a great time seven days a week. Hang for the late night bar scene or book a party or catering for any occasion. Call 516-536-6258 to make reservations and go to rjdaniels.com to check out the menu. RJ Daniels American Bar and Grill, your home for New York Islanders hockey.
Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country. You'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800. That's 516-856-7800. Or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com. That's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. Hope you enjoyed the ads. Now let's get back to Hockey Night in New York with Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. I was going to make fun of you for almost jumping the gun there. and then Ooh, I Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for On the Line, brought to you by our good friends at Thai Technology. Joining us right now from Newsday, the great Andrew Gross. Andrew, pleasure to have you on. How are you doing tonight, sir? I'm doing well, Sean Christian, who's... Uh uh, great to talk to you tonight, and it was great seeing both of you yesterday. So, uh, you know, yes. uh, let's, uh, two, uh, two interactions in 24 hours. you got to <laughs> keep that going. Yes, a, a spoil of delights, if you yeah. will, Andrew. <laughs> so we were just talking about, obviously, the Islanders finally got back to, back to action. They got a couple of games in here, a win and a loss. Real quick, real easy. What did you see out there in these first two games back after an 11-day layoff for the Islanders? Well, it was it was almost like it was reversed, right? Because they were, I mean, the the first period uh, coming back against the Devils, and, and and the Devils were coming off a ten day layoff themselves. So that that first period, you know, was not textbook hockey, but it was not as brutal as you might have thought with two teams that just hadn't played in forever. Um, I, I say it was almost reversed because I, I thought the win over the Devils, you know was was a decent hockey game and then you you go to the two nothing game against the caps and that was the game where they couldn't put two passes together they couldn't get out of their defensive zone they couldn't figure out how to drive through the neutral zone and then you know those two zones were a disaster and then even further when they got into the offensive zone they were just there there was nothing there right so you know and lane lambert made that point after the game that, you know, he was disappointed in the result, disappointed in the execution. And even he thought the two games should have been flip-flops. So, you know, I really think it, it, it's not so much the layoff. It's the Islanders needing to step up their game against better competition. And so far this season, they haven't done that at all. Andrew, you mentioned that in a story that you wrote today for Newsday, actually, the, the interesting stat, uh, I think, in, from your story, the Islanders are 0-4 against the four play, uh, three or four playoff teams in the in the Metropolitan Division, uh, and they, right. they were outscored by some astronomical number in all the games that they played against Pittsburgh, Carolina, the Rangers, and the Caps. If I'm not mistaken, if those are the the teams that were in the article, what, yeah, the four the, the four teams from the Metro that are in uh, 
you know, uh, it, it's 4 and 0 against the Caps, Rangers, Hurricanes, and Penguins, and they've been outscored thirteen to four in those four games. What has it been? I mean, this was an Islander team that we all expected to be competitive, and and you know, everyone knows the story now coming into the season. But what has it been about about the Islanders' effort against these better teams that you know that they're getting the wins against the teams they should be getting? You know, the Devils and all these teams. But why can't the Islanders seem to get a win against you know a top four opponent right now? Well, what you have to hope at this point of the season is it's because they just haven't been playing with their full lineup. That you know, at every turn through the season, there's been some part missing. And really, the Capitals game was you know one of the the, the, the few games this season where they really you know other than Ryan uh, Ryan Pulak on on defense, uh, they really had their choice of every player they wanted to use in that game. Obviously, you know, Ross Johnson is, uh, is suspended, but you still, that, that allows you to get Matt Martin in and it still allows you to keep Kyle Palmieri on the bench. Brock Nelson is back. JG Pajot is back after his wife, uh, Camille had, had their first child. So you had everyone out there. So you really have to hope, uh, because otherwise, you know, you can really write the obit on the season if they continue to play so poorly against quality teams. You, you just have to hope it's because in, in those games, they just haven't had their full complement of players. And with getting everyone back, they will play better. But, you know, 13 to 4, you got to. If you can't score, you can't win games. I don't care how good your defense is. If you're not scoring goals at all, then there's just, you know, it's a moot point. What I'm taking away from that, Andrew, is that Ross Johnston was the difference there, him not being in the lineup last <laughs> night. Hey, you know, Ross, <laughs> we, we love Ross Johnston, right? And I, look, he's never going to be a 20-goal scorer. He might. He's probably never going to be a 10-goal scorer, but he's got a pretty decent wrist shot when he takes it, and he's got soft hands around the crease. You know, I'm not saying he's Anders Lee, but, you know, and and he's not the answer to their goal-scoring issues, but, you know, don't dump on Ross because they're the <laughs> crap out of you. Well, that's fair. That's still advice. Uh, he would do that 100%, and there's no question about that. We're talking with Andrew Gross from Newsday here on the line, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And, Andrew, when it comes to the offensive output by the team, especially in these games, what is it about the team that they, they seem to kind of go cold, especially against these teams that you need to beat to claw your way back into the playoff picture? You, you saw it yesterday where the Islanders tend to get a little more pass-happy than, than shot-happy at times. And um, and what was it? No, I think Noah Dobson may have had the best chance uh, when yeah. they bring two off the post, two off the iron. Yeah. So. What is it about this this team that continues to be this this narrative that not only has kind of been part of their conversation this year, but in years past where they continue just not to want to put shots on the net? Yeah, no, I, I think it's just uh, that's it. They're tentative. You know, they're always looking. You know, it, it's almost like they de- defer to each other. You know, that they, they're they're such good teammates with each other that they're always looking to set each other up. Maybe if they hated each other a little <laughs> bit, you know, they'd be selfish and take some shots. You know, <laughs> I, but but it, it's absolutely frustrating because 
I mean, you know, the, the, the play that epitomized the Capitals game is Josh Bailey. You know, he had he had a third of the yeah. net open to shoot at. Yeah. And he's trying to feather a pass to the far post for a better chance. And, you know, at, at some point you got to recognize that the puck on your stick with a look is the best chance. And, you know, even if you don't score, you know, the puck drops down. Because uh, Vitek Vanacek, if Josh Bailey shoots that that puck, Vanacek is in no position to smother the puck. There would have been a rebound there had he somehow managed to get his shoulder on that puck. So, you know, uh, they, I, I, the only way I can say this is these guys have to be more selfish a-holes, you know? <laughs> I mean, you're not necessarily wrong, Andrew, because it's something we've definitely talked about over the course of this season where guys have been looking to pass instead of shoot. Barzell has been guilty about it. Bailey has been very guilty about it. And, you know, you talk about him having that open net. It's not the first, second, or third time in his career where that where that's happened. No. It's been, oh, not it's the been first, well, second, or third time that game had happened. <laughs> Fair. You know, and, and, and the crazy thing, and, and we talked about this after the game last night, mm. was he's coming off a game where he finally shot the puck on the power play and scored. So he, he yeah. scores his second goal, and, and and he goes right back to the frustra- frustrating part of his game, the next game. And he doesn't build upon that that goal, the power play goal in the game before. And, you know, and, and I know fans and media, you know, our pendulum swings after a winner <laughs> loss right, are, sure. are way too extreme. You know, I mean, it's not just hockey. It's in any sport. You know, both fans and media just go far too one way after a win or a loss based on that result. And and, and the truth is somewhere down the middle. But it it was really frustrating watching that game from an Islander standpoint on Saturday because they didn't build upon any of the stuff they needed to build upon. And, And it just left so many question marks in, in, in everyone's mind as to whether there really is going to be a playoff push. And, and you hate to, to say that after just 60 minutes of hockey, but that's the way I, I, I came away from UBS Arena yesterday, really questioning, uh, you know, I, I almost want to say for the first time, because I've given this team a lot of the benefit of the doubt through the first 30 games, you know, because we've seen the track record here. We, 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 we know where we think this is a good team, right? And we've seen them go to the NHL final four mm-hmm. two years in a row by hooker, by crook, you know, and maybe they weren't even the best team in the, you know, the best four teams in the league, you know, through the regular season, the past two seasons, but at right. the end of the season, they were one of the best four teams. And, you know, if they somehow win that semifinal, uh, you know, game seven at Tampa, we're talking about the defending Stanley Cup champions because there's no way they lose to the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. It's a very, very sore, sore subject, Andrew. Yeah, but, no. Well. So, <laughs> so we know. So all season, I, I've been more than willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Oh, you know, yeah. the, 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 the schedule is against them. The COVID outbreaks. The, uh, you know, the, the, the injuries. Right. But y- yesterday was really the first game where I, I, I had to step back and go, you know, maybe there just isn't anything here this season, you know, with the way they're currently constructed. 
No, Andrew, I think there's something to that. And and I think, you know, it's funny. I think maybe it goes a little bit along with the pendulum swinging that you're talking about here is because, you know, we've had so many breaks in between games here. They haven't really had a chance to play too many teams that they need to yeah. beat, like the Washington Capitals. We need some more samples here. So, But, unfortunately, the first go at it against the Caps, second game back, it doesn't go the way it needs to. And, and sure, I'm in, I'm in the same boat with you, kind of questioning – you know where this team is going to go if 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 this is going to be the the regular thing here where they play a game against the Caps, the Rangers, the you know the Penguins, the Bruins. Is, is this yeah. going to be the the norm here where you know they're going to drop games and and if they well, do, then that's that's going to spell the end of the season pretty quickly. And and the other thing is you look at the teams ahead of them. I'm not talking. You know, I'm I'm talking specifically. You know about the the three well the the teams holding playoff spots in the Eastern Conference so that the Hurricanes the Capitals the Rangers the Penguins right the the four teams in the East Eastern Division you look at is you know pretty solid playoff contenders at this point right mm-hmm. and then you look at the Bruins the Bruins might be the best team in the league right now the way they've been playing lately and they just got Tuka Rask back so. You tell me uh, amongst uh, those, you know, the Hurricanes, Penguins, Capitals, uh, who am I missing? Rangers. Uh, and then the, Peng- uh, the, the the Bruins, who are still in a wild card spot. And the other teams in the Atlantic Division, I don't expect anyone to drop off either. The Lightning, the Panthers, the Maple Leafs. Right. You tell me out of those, like, eight teams, who's dropping out of a playoff spot, you know, over the second half of the season? You know, so, you know, the Islanders could could very well make a great push, you know, over the last 52 games but beating out any one of those eight specific teams is going to be pretty, pretty tough. And right now, you know, I, 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 out of that group, maybe it's the Rangers, you know, that, that might slide back a little bit. But how much, you know, even if the Rangers go 500 the rest of the way, you know, do they fall out of a playoff spot? I'm, I'm not sure they do. Yeah, I mean, the only hope beyond the Islanders, you know, winning a lot of games themselves. I mean, you keep in the back of your mind that there's ebbs and flows to a season where, you know, there's a yeah. lot of teams in the NHL that through 82 games, they can look like a, a, a barn burner through 10 games, 15 games, and then all of a sudden the next section of games, they look like they can't beat anybody. And unfortunately yeah. for the Islanders, that, that latter part came in the beginning for them. And, and hopefully yeah. they can flip the script with at least one of those teams going forward. I mean, that's kind of the, the hope that you have to hang yourself on. But I guess to kind of bring things more to a micro uh, situation here, Christian and I were talking about this before he came on. They, they have back-to-back games now against a division rival coming up tomorrow and Tuesday against Philadelphia. They're a struggling team themselves. Should they win those games, it gets them to NHL 500 with exactly 50 games to go. Does that at least keep the spark alive in the immediate? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, because the pendulum will swing back the other way. <laughs> exactly. Right? They look great. But, <laughs> uh, but I, I'll tell you what. The one phrase I think, I, other than it is what it is, this concept of NHL 500 is a crock. <laughs> you know, the first time I've heard that, yeah. No, uh, look, the, the, the good thing about the, the Islanders is, you know, in a way, matters are still in their own hands. You know, they just they have to do a lot of winning, but they're going to be playing the teams that they have to beat. Right. So, 
you know, you got to get a lot of regulation wins. They still have uh, three games against both the Rangers and Caps. They have all four games against the Flyers. They got two each against the Hurricanes and Penguins. So, you know, they, they, what do they have? They have, I think it's, uh, I counted it up today. It's 18 divisional games remaining out of their last 52. So, you know, they, they have a chance to, to beat the teams they got to play. And they still have to play the Bruins, uh, was it, I think, twice more, right? Um, I'm not looking at that. Same, yeah. Exactly. I know they got one trip to Boston, and I think there's another game in there as well. Mm. So, you know, uh, you're going to have a chance now. It's a matter of whether the Islanders can up their game, which takes us back to what we started at the beginning. You know, they have to play well against quality teams and if i you know uh, if i can quote further from the article that i I put on newsday.com today um against teams there there are 16 teams in the eastern and western conferences currently holding a playoff spot against you know every chance the islanders have had to play against a team currently in a playoff spot in either conference the Islanders are two ten and two, and they and they've been outscored forty six to twenty one in those games. So, That's you know, yeah, no, it, it's miserable. <laughs> it's, it's truly <laughs> miserable. And, and and again, you know, you you have to hope that that's because when they played most of those games. You know, it was it was a hybrid Islanders roster mm-hmm. where they were not playing with their full complement. But you know, uh, again, they're they're going to have to play significantly, significantly better against quality teams. They still have uh, of the of the teams they've gone two ten and two against so far. They still have twenty seven games remaining against teams currently in a playoff spot. That's that's more than half their remaining games are are teams currently in a playoff spot. So, you know, you you, you look at it either as glass half full, the teams that they have to beat are are right there in front of them for them, or you look at it at glass half empty, which is they can't beat these teams. (laughs) Right, right. We're talking with Andrew Gross from Newsday. Of course, he's also the host of the Island Ice podcast, which you can listen to across podcast platforms, of course, after you listen to Hockey Night in New York. I always Never forget to, put, to say that. I always have to put that in there. Andrew, by the way, you were correct. The Islanders do play the Bruins two more times. They play them actually twice in the span of a week. Uh, they play okay. them the, at, the, at UBS Arena on the 22nd, and then they play them in Boston the 26th of March, followed by their, I think that's their first national game on TNT, the 27th against the Tampa Bay Lightning, all, right. all towards the end of the month of March, all towards the end of the season, all towards whether those games could be really important or they could be super unimportant. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> no, sure. you know, one, one, one of <laughs> the Islanders... One of the Islanders' two wins in those 14 games against teams in a playoff spot did come against the Bruins, uh, you know, a 3-1 win at UBS. And it, and again, you know, the Bruins' roster was fairly depleted that night mm-hmm. as well. Um, but right. you know what? No one... No one gave the Islanders any break, so a win is a win there. So, Indeed, Andrew. And another question I want to ask you, just because starting to see some rumblings about this, I don't give much credence to it, but 
I want to entertain it anyway. If the season happens to play out where the Isles do miss the playoffs, they fall short of the high expectations that they had this season, does that have any effect on Lou or Barry's job security with this team, given all of the unexpected coming into this season and kind of what landed them in this place in the first place? Honestly, I I don't think so, because I think Lou and Barry are both in these jobs sort of as long as they want right now. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, Barry, Barry's contract goes through next season. So really the Islanders do have to make a decision on Barry, you know, before next season, whether they're going to offer him an extension or not, because right. I, I don't think the Islanders want a lame duck coach. And I don't think Barry, after his experience in Washington, wants to go into the final year of his deal again without, you know, knowing what's going to happen. Right. Um, So, you know, I I think, you know, if Barry doesn't and this is a huge hypothetical. Right. If if Barry finds out that he's not going to get a contract extension, it would not shock me if, you know, maybe he decides it's time to move on. But again, and again, that's purely speculation on my part. I'm not saying that that's what I'm hearing is happening. Right. Um, and But under that scenario, that's Barry's decision to leave. You know, I, I don't think Lou, look, Lou is famous for getting rid of, you know, some highly accomplished coaches at some very weird times True. but True. but i i don't sense that is going to be the case here and as far as lou is concerned you know i i think as long as he feels up to this job of you know being both president and general manager he, he, you know, ownership is, is committed to him and his and his vision for this franchise he's he's not going anywhere until he wants to go somewhere I agree. Andrew, I'm curious, now that we've kind of gone down this rabbit hole, what is, uh, it's still, I'm sure, a number of years away, but what is the plan post-Lou Lamorello and post-Barry Trotz? Well, I can't tell you what (laughs) post-Barry Trotz would be, um, because I I suspect, you know, when Barry leaves, he's probably going to take Blaine Lambert and Mitch Korn with him. Um, So, you know, it would just depend really on which... I, I think Lou for this group w- would want, you know, an accomplished coach. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's, you know, I don't think Brent Thompson is getting promoted from Bridgeport to take over the team, you know. Um, By the number of tweets I got, I get during the course of the season, I'm sure you get twice or three times as many about the Sound Tigers and Brent Thompson. I think there are yeah, yeah. a lot of angry customers. At you <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, there are good young coaches out there. There are good coaches looking for a job. You know, it's not like Lou is going to have, you know, no one to interview. Right. So, you know, it's it's sort of just, you know, it's when the opening occurs. Right. I mean, you know, the Islanders, you know, Barry Trotz happened to be available when the Islanders were looking for a coach. You know, it. Yeah. it it worked out really nicely. There are some really good coaches around the NHL that, you know, what happens if, you know, Bruce Cassidy just happens to be available because, you know, the Bruins and and Cassidy decide to part ways. You're not going to take a look at Bruce Cassidy, right? Right. You know, so, you know, it's, it's so hard to project a next coach, 
Um, I, I, I can probably give you a better scenario for next GM, which, you know, I sort of feel like, you know, Lou at some point may decide to, to just concentrate on, on being president and maybe elevating his son, Chris Lamarillo, uh, to being the GM. That would be my best guess. Interesting. I Makes feel sense. like I feel like a lot of people kind of had that written in, especially when Lou came mm-hmm. came into the Islanders. Or I think there was even even when Garth was here, there was kind of that presumption that Chris Lamorella would be the next in line for that job. Mm-hmm. But again, yeah. under this sort of under the sort of rabbit hole that we've gone gone down, I am curious because Lane Lambert uh, has gotten a couple games behind the bench now, and, and certainly he's a guy that a lot of people always talk about as the next you know the next guy to really make a mark as an NHL head coach, has this added any sort of glean to him as far as coaching vacancy, not coaching vacancies, but as that next NHL head coach down the line when jobs do become available after the season? Yeah, I think he's done, he's, he's certainly done, a, you know, a decent job, you know, and again, you know, I, I, again, he, he can't just go by what reaction on Twitter is, but, <laughs> Right. I thought that's how we do this job. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> what I'm seeing with the reactions on Twitter is like Lane is is coaching in a vacuum. No, 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 no. He's he's talking to Barry Trotz multiple times during a day. Right. You know, the, uh, Barry is in on all the planning sessions, all the lineup sessions. It's just that Lane is implementing the plan. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I don't think this hurts Lane Lambert's candidacy if there is one after this season at all. Uh, just just sort of getting a little bit of, of the spotlight here, you know, just kind of reminding folks around the league that that he is a, a qualified candidate, um, you know. And, hey, look, you know what? I, I, maybe I shouldn't have been so quick. I mean, it could be if Barry Trotz does for whatever reason, you know, doesn't get an extension and decides to leave, you know, does, does Lou before Barry brings lane somewhere else, (laughs) Lou turn to lane and go, well, you know, you could have, you know, maybe you get the job here. So, you know, maybe Lane Lambert could be, uh, you know, next man up for the Islanders under that scenario. But it, it just in general, I think, you know, just being, you know, having other teams seeing you run the bench just kind of, you know, reminds them that you're still out there and you are a good candidate. I mean, Barry Trotz has been advocating for Lane Lambert. We're going, you know, what he 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 interviewed for the Colorado Avalanche job in, was it 2016? And then for the Anaheim Ducks in 2019. Mm. And almost the first words out of Barry Trotz's mouth when he became the Islanders coach was, you know, I'm sort of befuddled that Lane Lambert doesn't have a head coaching job yet. You know, so he's advocated for his friend for a long time. And, you know, I, 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 I think that these these past two weeks can only help Lane Lambert. Well, I think we just uh, birthed an idea for a brand new podcast called NHL's What If after all those rabbit holes that we did go down. So maybe we'll have a little power after the show about that. But, but Andrew, it, it is the time of the show where we ask you a random question. And there was something floating around Twitter. Now, I have no idea what this alludes to, what this has to do with, so I hope this question is worth it. But there was something going on out there about a rap song. Are you going to ask Andrew Gross about a rap song? So it piqued my curiosity enough. What is this rap song people are talking about? 
Yeah. So, um, I, uh, full disclosure, Uh-oh. um, <laughs> my, my, my nephew, Kenny is, is a budding rap artist. Okay. Um, and he goes by the name of Trey K and you can find Trey K on Spotify. If you All so right. wish. All right. So he, he called up last week and he was telling me, you know, he invited basically the whole family. He said, we're shooting a video next Sunday. Can we get you guys down? You know, sort okay. of as back. And I said, I mean, it's family. I said, yeah. Um, and then, so I, I show up at the shoot with my drum kit because I said, <laughs> look, I, I said, maybe, you know, like I can just be in the background, you know, playing a beat. And they were like that. What they said to me, Kenny says to me, uh, after I said, I'll bring my drum kit, he goes, oh, that would be lit. <laughs> and then <laughs> I turned to my daughter and I said, Kenny says it's going to be lit. Is that good? <laughs> and, and Phoebe assured me that lit is good. So, yes. So I, I show up with my drum set um, and, and we shot a few things and it turns out that the song we're shooting a video for, which, and the video should be ready in about two weeks. It was not for my nephew, Kenny. It turned out to be with uh, one of his partners. Um, the, the guy who does the beats for Trey K is a guy named um, Dre P. A lot of letters. Um, okay. Yeah, Dre <laughs> P. And you and you can find Dre P on, on Spotify <laughs> as well. There we go. And we... We, we shot a video for Dre P's song, uh, rap called uh, Dead Ops. Okay. Uh, Dead, Dead Ops. Um, and I thought, I thought it was a really cool song. I thought the concept for the video was really good. It was a um, uh, Dre P is uh, rapping about uh, anxiety and things that, you know, really make us anxious. And the and the effects of you know having anxiety. I thought it was a great topic. Right. On. Um, and and one of the concepts and 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 the chorus sort of is you know blow in blow out. You know, like you're hyperventilating into a paper bag. Okay. Um, so one of the scenes was all of us sitting around like basically hyperventilating into paper bags, <laughs> um, and then. We had a brainstorming session where we were writing down all the words, all the things in life we wouldn't want to be. And we would write these on the on the brown bags and then we would, you know, blow up the bag and show it at the camera. So the word was prominent. So I thought it was an interesting concept for the video. I can't wait to see it. Um, I can't I wait am- to see it. I, I am going to post, uh, you know, some photos and some video on Twitter tomorrow morning because I was told if there's no video and no photo, it didn't happen. So I will. I will. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that was that was my first video. Actually, the funny thing was. Um, so we're there and uh, there was a, a Dre P had his young son there who was probably maybe three between three and four. Um, really, really sweet, cute kid. Right. Um, so uh, the, the kid was sitting in the middle of the dining room table uh, while we were all breathing into these brown paper bags. And the kid was also breathing into the brown paper bag. 
So at the, at, at, you know, when when they called cut and and, and that scene was over, I, I looked at the kid. He was sitting right in front of me. I, so I said to him, "I was like, is this your first video, right?" <laughs> and and the kid looked at me and he just held up two fingers. He said, "Nah, my second. I was like, of course, of course. I was like, I was like, "You're the pro. You got to tell me how to do things." So. <laughs> Well, wait. So I have I have, oh, I have okay. more questions. So oh, is that right. Trey K T R A Y K like the letter? No, K? no, no. T R E space letter K. Oh, Trey K. That's what I figured. Well, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You know, unlike Andrew, I'm not in the the hip hop game. So how am I supposed to know that? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, yeah. First first day on the job for me, and and Dre P is you know like Doctor Dre uh, D R E, and then just the letter P. Andrew, I am very excited to see oh, I found this it. music video. I found it, I think. You, you found Trey Spotify. K? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. As some, yeah right. Someone like you, is that was that one of his songs? Uh, yeah, no, uh, Trey K, Kenny, is, he's got about, uh, he's probably got about five, six tunes up right now. He's been dropping videos, you know, maybe uh, every two or three weeks. Wow. He has an album right. up here called Who Killed Benny? Is that is that him? Am I on the right page? <laughs> it wasn't you, wasn't Andrew? <laughs> no. no, no. <laughs> Andrew Gross. <laughs> Talk about rabbit holes. Yeah, jeez. Andrew Gross from Newsday, also the host uh, of the Island Ice podcast. You can catch that. I think that's uh, semi-weekly or, or at weekly. Yeah, we're, 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 doing, we're doing about weekly. We, All right. We, Took a little bit of a hiatus over the holidays, uh, but we're we're back full force. And as I keep promising, you two will be guests soon enough. Yeah, you go, he, he keep promising that. I'm still waiting. Yeah, Christian's been a little upset. Yeah, well, I, I, I know. I know. Well, I haven't <laughs> seen Christian because he's doing this. I, I mean, it's some league. I, I don't I really know, know much about sport. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah. going to ask you guys about 20 questions about Kevin Durant, but. I, I decided against that, but Andrew Gross from Newsday God. covers the Islanders for uh, Newsday and, and Islanders. Let me Islanders. let me just ask you something. Yeah, here. go ahead. Okay, kick the Islanders' three best players. Right. Just g- give me three names: Matthew Barzal, uh, yeah, Oliver Wallstrom, and, and uh, let's go Brock Nelson. Okay, so yeah. that's the Islanders' big three, right? Yeah. Sure. Do you ex- do you expect to see him in every single game? Do I expect to see them in every single game? Yeah, most likely. Yeah, hockey's a better sport. <laughs> this is this is a whole other conversation. And honestly, I, I strongly disagree. I always know I like you, Andrew. I, I strongly disagree <laughs> with the notion that you're going down, but I feel like if we do this, we're gonna be on here for another hour. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. And yeah. I will I will uh I will make All it right. foolish. Andrew Gross from Tuesday. I have to ask you before we let you go too, what was for dinner that was that you had to push us back five minutes because Mrs. Gross didn't didn't have dinner? fully cooked yet and you you wanted to make sure you could sit down and enjoy it all right well the, the first thing <laughs> speaking about rabbit holes here she oh is not God. mrs she is not mrs gross she uh she never took my last name wow she is dr, oh. she is dr. rubenstein dr rubenstein gotcha all yes right. my yes. mistake um she may i mean it was tremendous she she cooked a really thick meaty piece of had it <laughs> She's watching she now, isn't she? <laughs> she's, yeah, she's listening. No, 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 no. I'm in my office. I'm telling you, it was delicious. I mean, it was it was perfectly cooked, and it, it had a, a panko parmesan crust on it. 
I mean, she did a fantastic job, and it was worth the extra five minutes delaying you guys so I could savor that meal. <laughs> well, Andrew, we're, we're very <laughs> glad you enjoyed the meal and, and always glad to have you join us here yeah. on the show. Always a lot of fun. That was fantastic. Best of luck to Trey K, and I can't wait to see you in that music video, so please keep us posted. I can't wait I to hear to- Andrew drop a couple bars on the next Trey K song. I kind of want to. Uh, well, I, I will not be rapping, but... There is talk about me, uh, you know, maybe being a live drummer for them. So maybe there's wow. that. Oh, yeah. I love this. Oh, I'm, let's, I'm so let's, excited. Well, next time I'm we'll pumped. have to get an update. Next yeah. time we have you on. <laughs> All right, Andrew. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Always a pleasure. We'll be talking uh, you, to you soon. You, you guys are the best. Thanks for having me on. I'll talk to you soon. Have a great rest of your night, Andrew. Take care. Anytime, Andrew. Bye. Andrew Gross from Newsday. Host of the Island Ice podcast as well covers the the Islanders. The wow. Islanders. What is what is with the show? <laughs> covers the New York Islanders for Newsday. Does a tremendous job over there, and we uh, love having Andrew on because not only do we get tremendous Islanders insight, but we also get tremendous insight into learned the, a little bit into about the, the life rap of game, Andrew Gross, the culinary arts. I mean, just covered a lot of bases yeah. with Andrew Gross. I mean, it was music not too long ago. Yeah. The last time we had him on, heard all about his concert experience. I mean, Andrew Gross covering all bases. Living life. Living life. <laughs> Andrew Gross, living life. Future that's, the, that's the next podcast. Andrew Gross, living life. <laughs> 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 all right, folks. Let's keep the train rolling here on Hockey Night <laughs> in New York. Oh, want to remind people, too. We are going to do questions brewing uh, a little bit later in the program. So if you have any questions that are yeah, brewing, please. please throw them in the chat uh, or don't. Whatever you want to do. <laughs> okay, great. Well, always a great on-the-line segment brought to you by Thai Technology. Yeah. But I say we move on to the next one. How about Here What's on Tap? Oh, What's on Tap. Remember, That's we right. got to do What's on Tap? Let's do What's on Tap. All right. All right, let's do it. Hit that button. And now it's time for What's on Tap. Brought to you by R.J. Daniels of American Bar and Grill. Hockey grill, is on tap. Grill, grill, grill. <laughs> you do a great impression of that guy. Thanks, man. Uh, practice a lot. Plenty on tap, finally. Yeah, we kind of covered it already. But, um, but it yes, again. the New York Islanders, they play hockey this week. <laughs> this week. They continue to play hockey. Uh, you got the Philadelphia Flyers twice. Two very important games. A home-and-home home with the Flyers. First game tomorrow night. I'm actually surprised they're playing tomorrow night, not tomorrow day. Usually they get an afternoon match. That used to be an on the Martin thing. Luther King um, yeah. holiday. But here. Lou's in charge now, so That's right. It's a different ball game. Uh, the other matinee, always guaranteed matinee, was the President's Day matinee. Yeah, that was always yeah. a fun one too because yeah. they would always get the the See, the, the guys from the the giant. President yeah. mascot things from the Nationals. They come down mm. and they race around the ice. That was always fun. I'm not one of those fortunate individuals that gets MLK Day off. So selfishly, it's kind of nice that there yeah. isn't a game in the afternoon tomorrow so I can actually view it, you know, during regular yeah. <laughs> regular broadcasting times. So, you know, sorry to everybody else who was hoping to have a game during the afternoon. But important game yeah. nonetheless for the Islanders. They need two points there against the Philadelphia Flyers. A little bit of a rebound, too, after Gotta a rough loss yeah. against the Washington Capitals on Saturday. Then they have the, the Philadelphia Flyers again at the Wells Fargo Center in the, uh, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love, Philadelphia. Another important game because the Islanders need another two points, and, and let's be honest, they need to take four points out of the, that home-and-home home with the Flyers As considering where Philadelphia is. The Arizona Coyotes, they come to town, the future Houston, whatever you want to call them. Recent defeaters of the Toronto Maple Leafs, actually. 
That happened not too long ago. The other night. Listen, broken they clock's beat the, twice. Beat the Leafs. Broken clock is yeah. right twice a day. So mm-hmm. that's bound to happen every once in a while. Yeah. And then, of course, the big bad Toronto Leafs come in led by their captain, John Tavares. Yeah. Isles legend captain. right there. Yeah. Wow. You are really just fueling that fire, aren't you? Have to do it. Throwing gas on the fire. Yeah, supposed to be a road game. Now it is a home, home game. game. At the UBS Arena. I look forward to attending. You will be there. I will. I will. And, and it's a 7 o'clock start, which is nice. 7 o'clock start on a Saturday. Yeah. And I'm curious to see what the reception is at UBS Arena for Captain John Tavares. I, uh, is it going to be as strong? I'm not going to. I don't want to. Because I feel you're, you're setting me up to just say stuff. Well, what do you mean? What are you talking about? You're setting me up here. Setting you up for what? You're setting me up here. What are you talking about? All I will say on this topic is that the Islanders will play the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's a really important (laughs) game that the Islanders need to look at and and get two points out of. Every game this week is important. They need two points. Um, And it goes back to kind of what we were talking about earlier in the show, Mm -hmm. where the Islanders need to beat teams that are in playoff position. The Toronto Maple Leafs are in playoff position. They have some of the best players in, in in the league right now. Um, and they are a team that can do a lot of damage. And, and for all the people that still hate John Tavares and, um, you know, for whatever your viewpoint is on, on how everything went down a couple of years ago, that is a game that, um, you know, would really sting if the Islanders don't don't win, but if they get sure. their socks knocked off in that game, which is very possible considering the firepower that the Toronto Maple Leafs have. So <laughs> that is a game that the Islanders need to be up for, and, and they need to play up to where their potential is, and it's it's – Kind of like the Capitals game where they need, if they want to be taken seriously as even remotely sniffing the postseason, that's a game they have to win. Absolutely agree. That's another game that the the Islanders have to show that they are some semblance of that team that we've seen in the last couple of years. And, and they, they've really only done that in a very small vacuum yeah. so far over the course of this season. So that's a game. I mean, the, the other games is just must have to wins. This is another one that you're looking at. It's just like, okay, show us. Show us you got a chance to come back in the mix here. Beat a team like Toronto. Beat a playoff team. Beat a team with a lot of firepower. Exactly. So I'm with you there 100%. John Tavares at your But you won't be there because you don't cover the team anymore. I will not be there. You won't be there. Or maybe you'll go as a fan. Uh, I am. I'm not taking the bait for any of this because I feel like you're just setting me up to make some sort of comment. And okay. I, I'm, I'm not as as much as I'd love to be there for John Tavares hat trick night. That was you what's right, on man. tap. Brought to you by RJ Daniels, American Bar and Grill. And just to address it, T underscore Boyle 13 did ask, are you doing a viewing party this Tuesday at RJ's for the Flyers game? We are not. However... RJ Daniels will have the game on. They will have the sound on. They will have drink specials, food specials, as they do for all their Islander broad- broadcasts. So even though we are not doing a viewing party, a broadcast. we heavily, heavily, heavily encourage you to go to broadcast. RJ's to catch the game on Tuesday against the Philadelphia Flyers. Oh, you want to go to RJ Daniels on Tuesday, watch the game against the Philadelphia Flyers? With you? Yeah. Maybe. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll the bar? Maybe. A drink or two? Yeah, I mean, game. I wouldn't rule it out. I wouldn't yeah. rule it out. We, we went yesterday to the game. You didn't tell the folks about that. It's almost like you're well, ashamed. You know what? It's a little embarrassing. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, we did go to the game together yesterday. No, well, I figured how else are you going to go to an Islander game? Now I got to drag you to them because you're covering that uh, silly basketball team. I mean, uh, I mean, I needed to make I, sure you were prepared for I, tonight. I know someone who, who has said I, if I wanted tickets, they have tickets for me. Yeah. Um, I won't name my contact, but they have great seats. Let me yeah, tell that's you. fine. And that's uh, fine. they hooked me up for the Boston Bruins Islanders game. Yes, a couple weeks ago. somehow I managed to sit three whole periods next to Christian Arnold. 
and uh, I, I survived. Well, I we did it. split up each intermission. We were like, <laughs> we need a break. Go we can't away. be around each other Please anymore. Go see someone. Sean, else. I need Sean to speak to knew some yeah. people there. I knew some people at the game, and we were like, well, we'll we need a break. Yeah, need a break. Always need a break. Well, that was what's on tap. So there you have it. Time and for hero of the week. Sure, let's go right into hero of the week. We'll cover a couple other topics, and then we'll do questions brewing. So. Folks, I want to thank you once again for tuning into twitch.tv slash hockey night NY and your favorite podcast providers. We will take a short break. When we get back, it is time for Hero of the Week. You have a lot of choices when it comes to great beer, and Oyster Bay Brewing Company provides the best Long Island has to offer. Oyster Bay Brewing Company is dedicated to producing the highest quality beer while staying true to their nautical history on the Gold Coast of Long Island. They're the creators of the renowned Barn Rocker Session Ale, available at 12 locations in the Islanders' brand new home, UBS Arena. And because Oyster Bay has increased distribution across the country, you can grab your Barn Rocker from Carolina to California if you're following the team on the road. Here at home, the tap room on 36 Audrey Avenue is open seven days a week, with indoor and outdoor seating so you can experience their smooth honey ale, savory IPA, or gluten-free hard seltzers right in historic Oyster Bay. You can also shop online at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup, local delivery, or have your order shipped anywhere in New York. And if you use coupon code HNINY at checkout, you'll get 15% off. Oyster Bay Brewing Company, Long Island's Gold Coast Brewery. Hey Islander fans, you already know Blue Line Deli and Bagels is the best place to get your game day meal. And now, you can get it at the game. Blue Line Deli and Bagels is proud to be featured in the brand new UBS Arena for all Islander games and live events as an official partner of the New York Islanders. Blue Line is also moving beyond Belmont, opening its doors at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. So whether it's at the Islanders' new home, East Islip, or at the flagship deli at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, all three locations are eager to greet you with their familiar, friendly service and the best food around. So stop on in for delicious Bagel Boss bagels, hearty breakfast favorites, tasty hockey-themed heroes, freshly made smoothies, and so much more. And remember, you can always check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which is none other than the Poke Check featuring roast beef, turkey, ham, Swiss and American cheese, and mayo on a hero. Get it for half price all week starting tomorrow. That is Monday through next week, where we'll announce a brand new half-off hero. Stop on in, mention Hockey Night in New York, and get half off the Poke Check. So, Christian, please delight our viewers and listeners with who you thought over the past week in these two games was your <laughs> hero of the week. My hero of the week is someone that uh, everyone loves. Okay. Yeah. Big Me? Fan, big fan favorite. Mm. Not John. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Uh, he's a gentleman. Where's the number? There's a one in his jersey. Okay. John Tavares. <laughs> I quit. I quit. Show's over. It's Matthew Barzal. There he is, ladies the and guy gentlemen. Who's that handsome fellow. Better than 15. John Tavares. 
There you go. Look at you trying to win the favor back. No, the no. I had a snarky comment, but then you, you jumped in and I couldn't get it. Oh, too bad. Enough. That's too bad. Um, really sorry no, about that. Matthew Barzell certainly deserves it. Uh, you know, he played a very good game against the New Jersey Devils. Obviously had the game winner for the Islanders and, and an important two points that they needed. So as much as, um, you know, my viewpoint of the game overall was not the best Islanders effort, it was still an impressive effort from Barzal and an important two points that, that he played a very, very big hand in. And, and obviously he's a guy that... He was a guy that's uh, not wrong. Uh, listen, I'm gonna have some fun now. I'm okay. gonna have some fun. Have your fun. Keep going. Um, and he's a guy that that night in and night out. We've, we've talked about it before. He he's such an important part of this this team and the success. And especially if they're gonna go on this stretch where they need to pick up, you know, four points over the next two nights. Really, six six points over the next three, and arguably, <laughs> arguably, since we're staying within the realm of next week too. Seven of possible eight. They just got to win out the rest of the season. They just need to. <laughs> they need to win every win game. Every game going. Every forward. game needs to be a win. Yeah. All right. Well, the so playoff well, push starts tomorrow. Well enough said, Christian. Nice job. Thanks for participating. Now it's time for wow, my hero of the that week. Was a little mean, buddy. I mean, look at look at what you're doing to the to the to the viewers here. Talking about John Tavares as your hero of the week. You're lucky you're still sitting here. Jeez, unbelievable. All right, time for my hero. <laughs> John my Tavares. Hero. God almighty. <laughs> My hero recently named to the NHL All-Star game. He had a goal versus the Devils. Adam Pellick. And I have to say, Christian, saw did not see this coming. Neither of us saw it. We're like, we were arguing last week, was it going to be uh, Sorokin or was it going to be Barzal? Right, and we were both wrong. <laughs> we were dead wrong. Out of left field, here comes the NHL with the elbow drop. <laughs> yeah, Adam Pellick. Congratulations to Adam Pellick. Nice yeah. to see... A defensive, defensive defenseman getting some recognition for the All-Star game. We were talking about this yesterday. When was the last time the league has done it, if at all? I cannot think of a defensive defenseman in, in the way that Adam Pellick plays. I can't think of anyone in the last decade. Maybe someone, right? maybe it's someone in the chat can. But the but. last ever. Like, I can't think of anybody. Now, granted, my memory <laughs> only goes back a few days. But, <laughs> but just thinking back, I don't know if I can really recall a true defensive defenseman getting uh, the all-star game nod. Now, maybe if you want to be a little bit of a cynic, it's because the Islanders haven't exactly been the best team in the league this year, and they kind of <laughs> had to reach for somebody, and that's why they landed on Adam Pellick. Maybe there wasn't room for Matt Barzell because of some other forwards that were performing very well. Yeah, uh, but it is interesting. with goaltending, but... But it's great to see. It's it's nice to see a guy like Pellet get a nod. He's he's beloved within the fan base. He's you know one of the best defensive defensemen in the league, and and you see it night in night out, breaking up plays, breaking up two on ones. He's just a, a fantastic player. So I hope he has a blast. I hope he has a lot of fun. That's great for him that he gets in there. He's obviously a very important piece to this team. So congratulations <laughs> to Adam Pellet for not only being named to the All Star game, but also for being a hero of the week. Very nice, very nice. I think that's the bigger honor, if we're being honest. Yeah, I mean the the, the hockey night in New York hero of the week is, is pretty much tops. Much, yeah, he's not even. <laughs> I don't even. I don't even need to show up to the uh, to the uh, All Star game at that point. <laughs> right, he's going to show up with his hockey night in New York T shirt and just and uh, and, uh, and the hero of the week, whatever it is from Blue Line Dilly. Yes, whatever it is, Christian. No, that, no. that would be the poke check, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, with roast beef, turkey, ham, Swiss, and American, and mayo on a hero. Remember, you can stop into the Huntington location to get 50% off 
the poke check. Uh, coming, the, the hero of the week will also be coming soon to the East Iceland location, but I don't think Donnie's gotten that together yet. No, that's, but that's, and that's okay. That's fine. Right. Eventually, it'll be over there. You know, sometimes, you know, it just takes some time. Listen. But Huntington, the flagship store. Flagship store. Yes. Always worth the trip. Half Always off hero. Mention I kind of thought, thought this clown show today. and you'll get half off. What's I thought that? about going today, actually. You thought about it? Yeah. And then you just changed your mind? It's a 45-minute drive. It's a bit of, bit of time. Weren't you? I thought you were on the clock today, buddy. How are you going to go over there when you're right. on the clock? Yeah, well, in, in, <laughs> in, in between writing, yeah. <laughs> oh, all right. Time to go get a, get a sandwich. All right. But then it was 45 minutes away. And I would go. I would have went. All right, well. There you have it, folks. Your Heroes of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Half off hero. Say hi to Donnie when you stop by. He is a great man. So we move on here at Hockey Night in New York. What, are you texting? Yeah. Are you kidding <laughs> was, me, man? I was, t- I was taking a picture of one of the comments in the chat and sending it to someone. Well, could you not have waited until the show was over? No, because no, it's funnier. It's Fun. not. It's not, it's so unprofessional. I mean, you leave the Islanders beat. You're covering basketball now. Now you just you think you can send texts during the show. This is a live show. It's a live show. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. It's what, it's what I always say every week. This is what when, children do. When you, See, this is why Brian up. Compton, Andrew Gross, <laughs> myself, Arthur Staple, all refer to this man as a child. Because, I mean, look, look at him. He's still clacking away on the keys. Well, because I was talking to you, and I was letting you get your... Uh, Put it down. I was letting, letting you get your thing out. Your your uh, speech or whatever you want to call that. Spiel? Your spiel. You your soapbox. All sorts of miserable tonight, man, with the Tavares stuff. It's just... Unbelievable. There you go. Mel Armenia, 22. Christian, I'm not feeling the love today. I, I'm not either. I'm not either. I don't know why he showed up. When do I? When do we ever show the love to each other? You literally start off the show by insulting me. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I called you, you great things until and, I took it all and back. Then you it. <laughs> <laughs> called you great things. Maybe I will before the show's over. We'll see. And I won't take it back. We'll see. No, I don't, There's I no don't guarantee. I don't believe There's that. There's no guarantee. No guarantee. All right. So... <laughs> Before we get the questions brewing, I feel like there might have been a couple of guys who want to key on, I mean, key on here. We know that Trotz was um, Trotz still on COVID protocol. Right. He might. Do we know for sure if he's back tomorrow? No, you don't know. You don't cover the team anymore. Wow. Okay. I was going to say, <laughs> I, I believe there's a chance just going by when he went into protocol and yeah. the, five, the new five-day rule that goes into, that's gone into effect for, for, for the NHL. I would imagine there's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Basically, we'll find out uh, at, at, uh, when they address the media after morning skate tomorrow. They are scheduled to skate at 1030. Okay, and and Pollock is still not close. It seems, which is is interesting. It, yeah. it seems like things may have taken a little bit of a different turn than maybe the Islanders were expecting. Um, and mm. it didn't help that he, then he also had to go into COVID protocol, um, which kind of slowed things down. Well, a at bit. least that's. I mean, to look at it from a completely practical standpoint, at least it's out of the way. At least he's not going to come back healthy from his injury and then end up on protocol a week later, right? At least it's yeah. done. At least yeah. we we now have that ninety day period where we don't have to worry about Pollock ending up on COVID protocol. Oh uh, yeah, that's it is the that is like when you look at what's gone on, and it is the very small silver lining that we've talked about in the past. Um, I hope you looked at Thomas Panics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Thomas. Yeah, no. Yep, we. Were, I'm with you there. We were thinking the same thing. Thinking the same thing, but this is a. This is not an R-rated podcast. Although so. Andrew dropping some uh, salty language earlier. Look, he was just speaking from the heart, man. And that's what we like here. We like passion. We do. We do, right? I mean, yeah. he was he was he was just letting it all out and I think that's fine. I mean, I was going to say it to him, but we ended up going on to different topics and I didn't want to I guess extend know, the con- <laughs> Right, exactly. But I mean, 
it's funny. I heard the tone of his voice talking about Josh Bailey is like the same tone I get from fellow Islander fans that I speak to about Josh Bailey. He's talking about being frustrated and everything. I'm like, man, this is this is real. This is for real. He's feeling it too. But anyway, go ahead. You were saying something. Important. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying that that is the one benefit of all this happening. The, the numbers yeah, yeah. starting to downturn and then the right. fact that the Islanders kind of don't have to worry about this for a while. So now... Basically, they've they've knocked out everyone that they've needed to get I think so. COVID. Right now, that won't be an issue at least for the next ninety days or so. And T Boyle thirteen wants to know if he's done for the year. I have no reason to believe that. I mean, I he's at least so. been skating. So it's yeah, just he's a skating delayed. on his own. Yeah, that's that's so what's been coming out. It's just a, a delayed return. Maybe they're playing it a little safer, or, or maybe he had a setback. It happens, but I, I'm I'm sure he'll be back on the ice. It's it's just a little later than sooner to to yeah. flip the the cliche. So. It is interesting, though, when you think about it, considering the importance of these next couple games, what his health status is at the moment. If he was a little bit closer to being healthy, would they be more in a position to be like, all right, let's just get him back out there because we need him? Mm, yeah. Um, because that, that, I think, too, is kind of a, a signifier of how serious maybe um, the injury was to, to Pulak and how they're being a little bit more cautious instead of trying to rush him back to get him in, into the rotation or um, into the onto the ice because they they need him out there and they need every point they can get. So it is, it is kind of an interesting tell a little bit too when you think about it that way. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's a good point. But I don't think he's done for the year. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I don't think so. Even though it feels like we're well over halfway through the season, we're still we're still twelve games from the halfway. Well, it's eleven games from the halfway <laughs> yeah. point for the. It feels <laughs> like it feels like it's beyond halfway because they haven't played. <laughs> the no, yeah, games have been going well, we're on. We're into but the, the middle of nothing. January. Yeah. We're into the middle of January. You have most of the league approaching 40, 41 games. Yeah. And and the Islanders are just all the way in the back. We'll be we'll be there in a bit, guys. They're, appro- they're approaching. <laughs> we're, we're coming. Yeah. So well, whatever. So anyway, uh, Barzell's point streak was extended in the Jersey game. Yep. Fourteen points through nine games. Then it was ended yesterday, of course, because they were shut out against the Capitals. Talked a little bit earlier about how Walsh and Bellows continue to look good. They're still yeah. playing well, yeah. so that's good. Uh, that might keep. Uh, what's his name again? Kyle Palmieri out of the lineup for a little longer. <laughs> Number 21. And yeah, that's there's fine. No, there's I'm no, fine with we that. We have no cheeky nickname for him by accident. We have, uh, we have Nylanders. Palmieri? Nah, I guess it, it yeah, doesn't, doesn't really. It's got to happen organically. We'll come up with It's got to happen organically. We'll, too. Yeah, we'll figure it out. We'll, 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 F we'll stumble out. upon it. We'll, we'll F something By accident some point, one yeah. day. Uh, let's see. Parisi, I think, is still playing very well. He had two assists in the game against the Devils. And and this has kind of been a theme over the course of the season. Even when he wasn't putting up points, the guy busts his ass every night. Yeah. And that's why he's still been in the lineup. Some people raise his name where, oh, who are we going to take out for the younger guys? I think Parise is a guy who's earned his stay. And it's nice to see that he's actually putting points on the board. Yeah. I mean, that was the one. I mean, that was the big knock earlier in the season, too, when he, when he was trying very hard but not putting any points up. <laughs> yes. um, now at least you're seeing some point production. His from efforts him. are being rewarded. His, there's some Exactly. His efforts are being rewarded. On the flip side, I, I think when you when you look at Minnesota Wild fans and how they've seen Parisi play on Long Island so far, they go, yeah, that looks about right. Yeah. Like the, what the Islanders got, what Zach Parisi was advertised at, you know, when he was, when he was in Minnesota, the, the latter years of his mm-hmm. career. Hardworking player, not going to put up the point production you need. And that's... Pretty fine for a third liner. Now, granted, he has a history of being Zach Parisi, but you want a guy who's going to skate hard, who's going to you know muck and grind in the corners, get into the dirty areas, and put on put up the odd point now and then. Right. Now, do we want to see a little bit more out of him offensively? Yes, I think you need to at a certain point too. Well, look, You're trying gotta, to dig yourself out out of the hole that you found yourself in. It's got to be by committee, man. There's there's a lot of guys that got to 
get their stuff together. And, you know, you see flashes of it now and then, like Josh Bailey Thursday against the Devils. Yeah. Oh, two points. Great. Goal on the power play. Reverts back nice. the other way. And then everybody's pulling their hair out when the guy just refuses to shoot into an open net. Yeah. And, again, it's it's just Josh Bailey of, of years past. I mean, we're trying to dissect the reason why this guy is reverted to, to old Josh Bailey, but... I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully uh, we see some more consistent New Jersey Devils game. <laughs> Josh yeah. Bailey. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We, we got 52 games to worry about. We'll Still see. time to work out work out some of the issues. Yes. And Zidane O'Shara had a rough game yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. If you were listening to the fans sitting in front of us for most of the game, they, they, were, was, not they were not happy yeah. with anything. No, but particularly that man. <laughs> yes. like whenever he was near the puck, they I, did not have good things to say. So the, the so I've now gone to two games at UBS Arena as a spectator, mm-hmm. um, and and it's a very much it's a much different experience when you're up top and and the press level and when you're down, you know, standing yeah, in the sure. seats and all that. Sure, it was a much different experience sitting in your section than the one the first game I had mm-hmm. against the Bruins, mm-hmm. and it was a lot more vocally unhappy fans. There's a, in there's your a, section. There's a lot of youthful fans in, in yeah. my area, and they like to let their voices be heard. Yeah, and they were, and they were, and they were not happy with Zdeno Chara. We said last week we thought he'd been playing better. He's a little quieter. His name yeah. not coming up as much, which means which is positive. Yeah, which is a positive thing. And uh, yesterday was a little rough for him. A little, a little slow to the puck, made some questionable decisions. Mm. You know, was he the reason why they lost? Of course not, but noticeable because it's just going to be a topic for this team because we're always going to be saying, well, you know, Letty could have been there. Somebody else could have been there. Jar's there. So it's still a topic of note. And just to keep it on the defense real quick before we go into questions brewing, one guy we haven't talked about in the last couple of weeks, which might be because of how he's been playing maybe a positive sign but but sallow and the sallow now has gotten yeah. some more games in and you know we keep, we kept talking about is this a guy that's going to stay when pull comes back and you know i think he's been playing pretty well again you, you run into that waiver situation right where you know you know you have guys that like sallow that can go down you don't have to worry about it right. get into games if he's if he's not going to be in the top six, he shouldn't be here anyway, which is ultimately probably going to be the situation. Right. But but I do like what I'm seeing out of him, and I think with more confidence, he's going to be a very good defenseman for this team because he's he's showing that he has the ability to play in this league, and I like what I see out of him so far. Yeah, I I, I think you look at his game, and the only real knock that I I could even come up with, I think he plays well defensively he's, he's certainly going to make some of those rookie mistakes because that's just the nature of the, of the beast especially when you're in in the league as a uh your first season in North America and your first season in the NHL there's going to be mistakes but I, I think really the biggest knock continues to be just the hesitancy to shoot but you yep. can say that with literally everyone on the Islanders at the moment so <laughs> it's yeah. hard to really criticize him for that when everybody's doing the same thing I uh, just you just criticize um, everybody yeah, but I think but that'll that'll kind of come with time. I think he'll start to develop that confidence where he's going to shoot because there were a couple times yesterday when we were when we were watching that game and that um you know, he had a couple open looks and and he went for the pass instead of the shot there, especially I, yeah. I want to say that that's you know, second period, late second period and going into and, and into the third. Mm-hmm. Um where the Islanders picked up their play a little bit more and there were some more offensive opportunities. Mm-hmm. You still saw Salos seem to be a little bit more hesitant to to put the puck on the net. Yeah, and that'll come with time. I yeah. mean, we we've literally been seeing that before our very eyes with Dobson where he's been more willing to shoot now, more willing Dobson. to take chances. Dobson. I don't know who that is. Oh, right, not Nobson, I apologize. Yeah. But yes, so hopefully Salas. It's like calling calling Thomas Panic Richard. I'm like, I don't know who Richard Panic is. <laughs> you definitely don't know who Richard Panic is. You haven't since the season started. <laughs> 
So what do you say we go into questions brewing? I say, let's do it. And now it's time for questions brewing. We, have, we, don't, we still don't have a song for it yet, so I figured yeah. out. Yeah. Okay, so time for questions brewing, brought to you by Oyster Bay Brewing Company and their delicious American lager. Christian, hopefully you did your job and you have some questions lined up for us. I do. I've been ha- keeping a running track of all the questions that have been brewing. Fantastic. Question brewing from mike 465 co Question Bruin, put Kyle Paul, Kyle uh, Palmieri back uh, in on right wing. Will Josh Bailey finally sit? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think so. A, I don't think Palmieri gets back in yet right. to begin with. And if and B, if he does get back in, I don't think it's for Josh Bailey. But I will say, it would not bother me. That's not me saying Bailey needs to come out, but... I wouldn't mind having him see see a game from the press box because of this inconsistency that we've been yeah. talking about, and because Bellows and Wallstrom have been playing well. So let those guys keep working on their game. They're they're contributing to this team. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't mind seeing Bailey sit, but no, I don't think that's what happens. Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think if, if anything, it would be unfortunately because Kiefer's been playing so well, it'd be a, it'd be someone like a Bellows or someone like that that would be coming out of the lineup and. Um, you know, probably wouldn't be the the thing that would make Islander fans too happy. Josh Bailey, I think at this point, yeah, there is a lot of evidence to say that it's time for him to sit and watch a couple games from up top and um, kind of get his act together for. Yeah, I don't. No, I, but I don't think you're, you're right. I don't yeah. think it's common, which is which is you know and, it is what it, as Andrew said, it is what it is. Right, and the truth is, Christian, they lost yesterday, so wouldn't shock me if Paul Mary did get in for Bellows or Wallstrom. Yeah, just just to. Try something new because the Islanders do that. Yeah. I am going to skip T-Boyle 13's first question because uh, it's a pretty big doozy. And okay. So I'll save it for the last. Okay. Last. Hey, all right. Uh, Joey go. Pickles, though. Joey Pickles 30 asking, question Bruin, when does the NHL force Canadian teams to play their home games in a neutral U.S. city that would still get the home gates? <sighs> ah, that is the logistics that would have to go into that. I mean, that's not something you can just plan overnight. So... I don't think there's any chance. I mean, unless there's just some widespread shutdown and they're able to, I, I just don't, I don't even, I don't even know if it's worth getting to a depth on it because I just don't think it's feasible. Yeah. I think there's, there's a few things that people have to understand with this, that everyone is expecting the COVID wave that's happening to go similar to what happened in South Africa. And and just to kind of make this short, mm. basically what happened is cases went high and like we saw over the last month or so yeah and then they dropped almost instantaneously okay like we're seeing right now mm. and so the expectation is that it will follow a similar rate where cases are going to go really high like they have and then they're going to come back down like we're seeing right now mm. and i think canada is sort of under the same impression so that would mean february or march you're going to see games rescheduled i imagine yeah, which they're kicking the can down the curve right, right. i imagine that you're going to see the season extended at some point um, down the line where, where I think they're going to play 82 games. I, I don't think they're going to shorten the season, but I think that you'll see those games pushed. You'll see those pushed. You'll see the season pushed back and the playoffs pushed back. If there's any more major delays, I think that will put us in the territory but, of having right. to but under the shorten s- the season. But under the scenario that we're in right now, I they, don't. They'd probably be able to squeeze it in. Yeah. My other, my other point um, about why they're not going to do that, why they're not going to have Canadian teams play home games in US, neutral U.S. cities is that is a giant undertaking for the league. You have to now think about seven teams and finding seven different neutral sites, or maybe one, depending on where you're going, where it's economically feasible for this to happen. The available dates are there for this to happen. And you have to get the teams teams now to 
say to their season ticket holders, "Listen, you can't come. Right. To the, you can't come to this game now." Right. And I don't know what the financial obligation would be to them at that point because then you're probably having to return some sort of money for the season tickets to see the games that they didn't get to see. Of course. So. You go to a. It's not like the Raptors did last year, where they just were like, "We'll set up shop in Tampa Bay, and people right. people are going to show up, or, and it's fine because it's one." Team. Or just flip the script, and, and let's say it was the U.S. that was having this situation. Right. You know, it's, you know, you're an Islander season ticket holder, and then the Islanders say to you, "Look, we can either reschedule the games for later in the season, so you can still go to them right. and enjoy them, or you can just not watch them at all, so we can play the games up up in Canada." Right. I don't think a lot of fans would go for that, so. Yeah, it's just the logistics just aren't there. I understand so. the frustration of yeah, people of wanting course. to see, want, especially in in the in the United States, saying we, they just got to play these games. I don't know why they keep. It's, it's there's a lot of money at stake for both the players and and ownership. Yeah, um, and there's a lot of other factors in too, including the season ticket holders in those in those respective cities. But I think that answers most of Joey's question. T Boyle thirteen question Bruin. Do you feel if the Islanders played a regular season without breaks, they would be a playoff team? Okay, so we kind of. Alluded yeah. to this earlier. It's it's tough to say. It's tough to say. I mean, do I think that they could be? Yes, of course. Mm-hmm. And let let me just go. Maybe this is a little you know rose tinted glasses here, but yeah, I do think they would be a playoff team. I think that everything that factored in to start this season out really just. I mean, anything that could go wrong did go wrong. I mean, it was Murphy's law, and <laughs> yeah. it really was because because I think if they. Like, everybody knew and expected the 13-game road trip. So, I mean, yes, is it in and of itself an excuse? Sure. But everybody knew coming in that that's what this was going to be, this season was going to be. And, it's going to be chaos. And, and we talked about it at the, earlier. They, they got out of it essentially at 500, which is fine. You're happy with that, right? But it's all the chaos that came after Yeah, that really is, I think, what just kind of started to uh, set some things on fire a little bit here is that they weren't able to come back from that and get to any sort of normality or any sort of recovery, where yeah. as soon as they get back, half their team is on COVID. The NHL is still at a point where they're trying to get teams to play, right? Right, and and the Islanders, as well as a couple other teams, end up falling victim to that. And they're playing the Bridgeport half <laughs> the Bridgeport Islanders in some very important games, where you know some of those were the games that Andrew were referring to, where they got smoked right. by teams like the Rangers four to one, and right, whatever the right. case may be. I mean, that Ranger game—it was the New York Rangers versus the Bridgeport Islanders. That yeah. game should never have happened. Right. That was that was again one of those games where we were we were sitting in the press box. So going, is this going to be canceled? Right. So so is. You know, is it reasonable to say that this would be the same team and the same performance if all the stuff didn't happen? And I would have to think, no, I think this team would be much more competitive. Would they be at the top of the Metro? Hard to, hard to say because of the struggles that they've had, right? But I certainly yeah. think that they would be in the playoff mix because they just had one domino fall after another into just terrible territory. And, <laughs> I mean, now we might just be getting into some normalcy here, but the 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 after effect of that is now they got to play every other night now. Right. They got to play all these games just to make them up. So it's great that they have them left to play. They have points on the table. There's a chance for them to come not back. Easy. But they also have to play their asses off. And they are not the youngest team in the league. In fact, they are on the other end of that spectrum. So are their old legs going to catch up to them as well? It's just not an ideal situation. So to to again, I I don't I don't tend to do this at all. But long winded answer to your question is yeah, I think they would be a playoff team if all this all these different factors didn't go against them. Yeah. 
Question, bro. I have to move to my phone now because my computer is about to die. So if, before you yell at me for having my phone in my hand. All right. Um, okay. Question brewing also from T. Boyle. And I believe we kind of talked about this as well was the idea of who sits when Ryan Pulak returns. It's uh, it's probably going to be Salo. Salo. Yeah. Is Aho able to play now? Is his, he's, he's off of COVID, right? He's not hurt. Aho is, is available. He's with the team. He's just not playing. Yeah. So... I think he's, he's on the taxi squad. I think that might be it. Yeah. So he probably stays as the extra defenseman. And if we'll see here, see, I don't know. Here's the thing: if they can operate with a taxi squad, they may not really have to send Salo down. Right. No, and they might not, still be. He's able not to, talking about sending him down. He's talking about who's coming out of the. No, line no, I know, I know, I know. I mean, I'm just trying to think if maybe because they can because that waiver issue isn't there, they may be more inclined to keep Salo right. in the lineup. Because they're maybe. not forced to send somebody uh, but, uh, down. It's basically what right. I'm getting at. So maybe you finally do get to see Zdeno Chara sit for a game because they, they're not forced to bump a guy I know, out. But I don't, they haven't been, they haven't been, to me, they haven't seemed willing to take Zdeno out of the lineup. No, they haven't. And so I don't really foresee that changing, even with Ryan Pula coming back in, because I think when you had a health, when you have a healthy lineup, everyone healthy, I think Barry, Barry Trotz or whoever is still kind of, relying on that veteran presence and the, and as he said multiple times they kind of have that uh that that track record yeah yeah so it's it's probably sallow t-boyle but maybe the fact that they have the taxi squad there maybe we're surprised and maybe maybe he stays in and, and chara sits for a game but but longer term solo is probably the guy anyway melarmina 22 asking question bruin uh do you think trot starts riding the hot goalie or do you think he keeps the rotation well, so far through these two games, obviously they went one guy and then the other guy. And I think Trotz is going to see who gets his footing, see who maybe goes on a run, and maybe he goes with, with the hot hand at that point. Uh, I think he's kind of waiting to see who that guy is going to be. Uh, I would, I would Look, you got back-to-backs tomorrow and Tuesday, so you're going to see both goalies. You're probably going to see uh, Sorokin tomorrow. You'll probably see Varlamov Tuesday. Then you have back-to-backs Friday, Saturday. Yeah. And maybe... You, you see, if, if Sorokin ends up being the better performer, you probably see him against the Leafs, and then you see Varlamov against the Coyotes on Friday. So they're almost forced to, to go 50-50 right, right and now. And I think they kind of have to because yeah. even after this week, the schedule is so condensed. The Islanders, mm-hmm. I feel like they're playing almost every other day. There's a ton of back to, uh, back-to-backs. They uh, they really no room to, to ride one goal or the other. You kind of have to deploy that that rotation. But if they do get into the to a point in the schedule where they actually can ride a goalie, you know, warranting that he's actually winning, <laughs> right? Then I do think Barry will do that. I do think he'll play that goalie more often than the other guy if he starts rattling off a couple of wins. But the schedule just has to even allow for that to happen. Yeah, it's it's going to be tough. I think I think more or less it's going to be the rotation that we've seen so far um, with with Varley and and Sorokin healthy, and you're seeing Varlamov get more into a rhythm. Um, no, he looks much better, and which is, but that's always been his mo. Something we've always talked about in the past, where he is a guy that that needs that playing time to kind of be at his his peak level. So I think it bodes well for the Islanders to kind of have that rotation and not rely on just one goaltender. Because if you're going to make that playoff push and you're going to make the playoffs, theoretically, you're going to need both of those guys at their peak. Sure. Question brewing from Thomas Panic. He asks. Question Bruin, how does Danger Zarnik look? It just is it just me or is he adding way more jump than you expected? Yeah, he's looked good. He's looked good. Is there is there room for him long term? Probably not. But when somebody goes down, I got no problem coming in and playing in the bottom six. I think he's looked well. And he clicked a little bit with Bellows and Wallstrom. He put some points up. 
they had some nice goals over the course of uh, the last couple of weeks. So I'm pleasantly surprised by Zarnik. But but when this team's healthy, it's a little too deep for a guy like him to get into the lineup. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go to the next one. Also, Marilyn Mania asking question. Bruin, not sure if you saw the report earlier that John Carlson played the game while waiting for his COVID test and today is out testing positive. How is that fair, question mark? Should the teams be doing this? Should the teams be? Should the teams doing this be fined? You want to take this one? Um, so I know the report <laughs> is out there, um, and I know obviously he's tested. Po- he tested positive. Um, what I don't fully know is the legality of of what basically the Capitals did. I, I was under always under the assumption and under the presumption that if you if they were tests inclusive or they were still waiting for tests that those guys couldn't play. Basically, they would be mm-hmm. they would be considered in health and health on in COVID protocol. Um, I'm not really sh- I again I saw the report not 100 percent sure what fully transpired there so it's tough to give it an accurate answer without sort of speculating a though. lot that is interesting and that is a very fair question and you would think that they're not going to allow a guy to touch the ice or go near the bench right. until they get a result on the test so I mean where's the, I mean that just seems something that would just simply be part of the protocol right like. You can't play until we know if you're negative, right. right? So how did he... And that was always my interpretation of how these things were going. So how is he able to enter the locker room, get on the bench, step out in the ice and play this game without getting the results of his test? I mean, I guess maybe I'd like to read the article to see... It was what a sort tweet. Of, ...what sort of context we might be missing out on if there is any more context to, to be seen. Let's see. I'm trying but to it definitely doesn't source. sound good. It definitely, I mean, because obviously that puts everybody involved at risk on both teams. If if he played, if he went out there and played with a, an undetermined test result, and, you know, it's going to be terrible if in the next couple of days we find out there is an outbreak between, you know, some players or some members of the staff of either team. So that's obviously a, an, an awful look, but I, I just want to know why he was able to go out there and play, you know, without getting the result. But maybe that maybe there's an answer the league has. Maybe there's an answer the Capitals have for us that we haven't seen yet. I don't know. Should they be fined? I mean, it's not a terrible question if 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 they if they bucked some kind of protocol they were supposed to be following. But you know, it seems like the league isn't that forthcoming with what the pro, you know with with what the rules are. Right? We don't know. Yeah. I, I, again, still it it. But that that's the thing. It's oh, and that's been I think everyone's frustration is that. They almost seem to change every other day, yeah, every other you know. week, and every, with every other team. Um, so that has always been, yeah. So it was Samantha Pell from the Washington Post. Okay, she was the one that tweeted out Carlson was late to warms yesterday at at the Islanders after he was waiting for test results. He ultimately played. He's now unavailable today. Now they could have come. Now it's not it doesn't say that the test results didn't come back and that he was he was negative or he was positive. So maybe the test results came back and he still was testing negative the other day. Um, and that's maybe where the, the clarification needs to be made because Carlson was late to warm-ups yesterday after he was waiting for test results. He ultimately played. So what I take from that tweet is that he tested. The test results didn't come back till maybe mid-warm-ups. He was good to go then, and then he tested positive today on a second round of testing. So but I don't know. I'm, again, I'm just okay. I'm speculating. So... That sounds to me like there wasn't a test result hanging in the balance, and they just said, get out there, kiddo. Right? Right. Okay. Because it's, uh, yeah, the, again, the, just for the context, Carlson was late to warm-ups yesterday at the uh-huh. Islanders after he was waiting for his test result. Doesn't say that they didn't come in. Doesn't say that they came back positive or negative. Just said he was waiting for test results, which is why he was late to warm-ups. 
So then we're I, we're supposed to assume that that result was negative. Yes. How else? How else does he get on right. the ice? I think that yeah, it must have been negative, and then he tested positive. Today. Right. That must be the that's situation. what I think. Took, that must took be the place. situation. So because I feel like that would have been a bigger story if that was the case. But there we go. So we settled. We settled that. We we figure that out. Um, Samantha Pell from the Washington Post was the one that tweeted that out. What Finally, this is the last question, Bruin, that I have. Is that the one from T. Boyle? Yes, that you it saved? is. Okay. T. Boyle, question Bruin. It's a doozy. I hope you didn't see it in the chat. I did not. I have heard that Connor McDavid is fed up with the Ed- with Edmonton and will ask <laughs> for a trade very soon. Do the Islanders have this cap space to take on his contract? And also, what would the Islanders have to give up to acquire their best player in hockey? Is he fed up with the Edmonton Oilers? Do we know? Do we, do we know? This is just a... Uh, I mean, I... I we, can, we can play fantasy hockey, though. Yeah, sure. NHL 23. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Um, uh. Let's see. Barry Trotz would have to be involved in the trade. <laughs> um... Oh, man. Wallstrom would be in that conversation. I mean, you could fit him under the cap because of everything you have to send back for the guy. Right? Yeah. I mean, that that might actually T-Boyle's be... This is confirmed. confirmed. Okay. okay. Okay, we'll take your word for it. Um, source, again, but, but we're, we're playing... Because there's, there's no... I love, I'm, I'm going to put this... I'm going to put this more delicately than we put for um, for Maddie, Usher Maddie. Uh, when, we, when we very <laughs> okay. when we dismissed his uh, his Washington Capitals Alexander Ovechkin take, which he has never let us forget, no, yeah, uh, including not. his video message to us last week after last week's show about your yes. your dismissal of Tom Petty. Yes, he yeah. was he was not happy with that. He was yeah. not great, great. I love the videos, Maddie. Keep them coming. I love the video responses. They are they are pretty damn funny. I have to say WWE esque. We love it. Um, <laughs> but I just think that it's a pipe dream. Um, for a lot of reasons. It would take a lot of cap movement. I know the Islanders have a lot of space, but, I mean, you have to think about cap cap space for this year, for next year. Um, well, I'm just – they don't have a lot of space now, but I'm assuming they would based on who they'd have to send back. I mean – Right. And, but, again, it, it would be a, a king's I can't, ransom. About that I can't look. I was going to look up his, his contract, what, what the terms were for – but, yeah, it would be a king's ransom. a lot ransom. of money. <laughs> and, you. Pr- I mean, look, don't be surprised if Matt Barzell has to go the other way. Yeah. He probably starts with him. Yeah. You know? Matt Barzell. All if Lou Lamarillo can figure out a way to make a deal for that guy without sending him, great. Wallstrom will be in that deal – I think you'd probably look at a, a, a defenseman, a couple draft pay. Like this is this is a, a trade of mega proportion. Yeah, I mean, basically, almost all your top, you know, players are on the table. Yeah, not to say they're all in the deal, but I mean, at least one first rounder, probably more. You're right, yeah. and then you're talking. You know, I mean, you don't know how much they want as as far as prospects go, and as far as you know, actual veteran players and stuff right. like that. But it's gonna, I, I. Honestly, Tom, I don't even know where to start with that. I would and, not uh, get your hopes up. <laughs> well, that aside, but but I honestly don't know what what the proper roadmap to a Islanders Connor McDavid trade would be, and I almost feel like I'd be wasting people's time trying to come up with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like, oh, can you bring up the Gretzky trade? Yeah, right. <laughs> and just like try to come up with equivalents right. for what went the other way for Gretzky. And, and I don't remember everybody who went in that deal, but I mean, I think there was money too, which you can't yeah. deal now. I think they actually literally sent money to yeah. Edmonton. So, I mean, it's just it would be a lot. And then, and then at the end of the day, you ask yourself, is it even worth it? And again, look, any I will take Connor McDavid on my team. Anybody would take right. him. He's the 
absolutely hands down the best player in this league. There's right. no doubt about it. Would I love to see him in another uniform? No question about it. Yeah, I think but every every I just, person who's an Islander. I fan guess would. you just you just wonder what because you, you know what example pops into my head. Yeah, you look at the and and obviously Eric Lindros isn't Wayne Gretzky and he isn't Connor McDavid. But look at what that did for the Colorado Avalanche mm-hmm. when Quebec got that massive haul for Eric Lindros. Right? And they they had that huge deal for Lindros that brought in Forsberg. It brought in a ton of guys mm-hmm. that ended up being a perennial Stanley Cup contender. But well, they won the cup. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Not only did they win a couple of cups in '96 and 2001, yeah. but they were a perennial contender. Got Patrick and, and, cup, and that Eric Lindros deal had had a lot to do with that. Yeah. So you know, I don't know. It's it's fun to think about. It's fun to talk about. But like, I don't, I don't even know where to start. <laughs> what what do you give up for for Connor McDavid? Everything. The UBS <laughs> Arena, like you said, Barry Trotz, Lou Lamorell is probably in the deal. Of he himself. might be too, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's fun to think about. I mean, it would be nice to have a generational star on your team because, you know, what is that like? Because, I mean, even the Trottiers, the Bossy, I mean, Bossy, I guess you would say, was a generational scorer. Right, yeah, but, one of the greatest pure goal scorers ever played. Right, but when you talk about, like, the the Ovechkins, the Crosbys, the McDavids, right. the Matthews, the, the Gretzkys, yeah. you know, like... It would it would be fun <laughs> to have one of those guys yeah. on your team. It's a special, Just to see what it's that's a special like. time to have someone like that. You know right. what I mean? Like that is it's a, like you and watch the Penguins, man, Lemieux, Crosby. Yeah, right. I mean those guys are just spoiled. And then, then the Oilers too. What what is it with these two franchises <laughs> getting getting you know the biggest stars in the last forty years or whatever it is, thirty forty years? Oilers still have the same amount of cups that the Islanders do in the last. 10 years with their generational players. Well, the and Oilers they've also have managed, completely wasted yeah. a lot of Connor McDavid's career here yeah. without being able to get things together. They've but. gone and missed and failed on so many draft high draft picks that, uh, you know, you just... <laughs> like, for yeah, the general, generational know. player that they got in Connor McDavid, they failed and whiffed on a number of other guys that were in that in that boat. Yeah. And and, and even, if, even if Connor McDavid... Did want out doesn't mean he's going to get out. All right, Thomas Panic says if the Oilers trade McDavid, they should be stripped of their franchise. It's not a reason. Pretty sure that's the same way they felt back in uh, in the eighties when they traded Gretzky. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there you go. Bernie Nichols, some goon, and money for Gretzky. Maybe that's all it was, Chadi. You might be right. I think it was a lot of money. I don't remember. It was a lot of money. Yeah, that's why the and you 30, can't trade money these days. That's why you the can thirty trade for, cap space. You can't trade money. That's why the thirty for thirty was called King's Ransom. There you go. I mean, I think you I go. Know, I'm kind of just making that up. Yeah, I mean, comparatively, who knows? I mean, Eric Lindros might have gotten a bigger haul in his trade than Wayne Gretzky did, truth be told. I, mean, I don't remember exactly, again, everybody who went which way, but I just yeah. remember it was a haul, and Forsberg was a part of it. And Forsberg ended up having a better career than Lindros. Right. <laughs> you know, forget about the rest of the guys in the deal, you know? So, anyway, that was fun, T-Boyle. We appreciate yeah. the question, as always, and I think that's it, right? That's, it. Questions that's all brought. I had. Well, I think that I also I can't look at my computer anymore. It died. Yeah, because I mean, you don't even know how to prepare for a show. You know, you don't charge your laptop before the show. I mean, it was it's a, unbelievable. It was man. unbelievable. It was on eighty percent. It was on eighty percent. I should have made. It should have cool, made man. the show. It should have made eighty percent. It's time for a new laptop or yeah. a new battery. My yeah. goodness, it's time for. A new All right, laptop. we're gonna start a GoFundMe. Get get Christian a new laptop. Yeah, please. <laughs> for new, new laptop. That would be. <laughs> That'd be great. Please and thank you. All right, folks. I, I won't ever mention the name again. <laughs> All right. I'll never say anything about that. Perfect. Well, folks, it's been a fun one, but it's time to wrap it up. 
as always, want to thank you all for joining us here on your Sunday night, hanging with us at twitch.tv slash hockey night NY. Always a pleasure. Love the chat. Love you getting the questions in. It is always a blast. A huge thanks to Andrew Gross of Newsday for joining us and the Island Ice podcast and of course a huge thanks to our sponsors starting with rj daniels american bar and grill located at 279a sunrise highway in rockville center the best place to catch the aisles when you can't make it to the game and don't just go for the aisles they have live music comedy nights trivia a late night bar scene they have it all huge thanks to blue line deli and bagels located at 719 west jericho turnpike in huntington as well as east islip as well as ubs arena they're an official partner of the new york islanders and the greatest deli around check out the menu bluelinedeli.com for their great selections and hockey themed heroes and a big thanks to Thai technology a voice over ip company providing phone services for businesses across the country check them out at TyTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 to get three free months of service and a huge thanks to Oyster Bay Brewing Company located at 36 Audrey Avenue in Oyster Bay you can order their great beers and merchandise at OysterBayBrewing.com for curbside pickup local delivery or shipping anywhere in New York and don't forget you can get 15% off with coupon code H-N-I-N-Y it's getting cold out there why don't you place an order for some shipping for some local delivery at OysterBayBrewing.com huge thanks once again to all of you Huge yep. thanks to Christian Arnold for being here and bringing his shoddy laptop. <laughs> wow. I thought you were going to try and say something nice to me. I did. I said thanks for being here. Yeah, You're I'm a great man, something. Christian. I love having you a part of the show, even though you're texting and sending send messages and stuff, you know, all the time. <laughs> Even though you're completely unprofessional. But it's wow. great having you here. You do a great job. Wow. You do a great job. That's the Nets are lucky to have said, you. Said with such sincerity. The Nets Jeez. are lucky to have you. Wow. And if you enjoy, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends. Let everybody know the music's going to end. doesn't matter. We're going to keep going here. Follow Christian at C underscore Arnold. Zero. No, it's that one. There you go. There we go. At zero one on oh, Twitter. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. That's the wrong one. Follow the show at Hockey Night NY on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We love you all. We'll see you next week. Go Islanders. Until next time, have a great rest of your Sunday night. (laughs) Have a great rest of your Sunday night. We'll see you next time. You need to go home. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.